Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalists podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists. <laughs> Indeed we are. Um, this is episode 30 of the podcast, and it's going to be a bit of a unique episode. Usually, for those of you who are familiar with our podcast, you may want to go back through the archives. We, we answer a lot of questions via voicemail when people call in. We also have uh, lightning round where we answer questions from social media, and then we have various discussions and many, many uh, digressions and <laughs> tangents and uh, longer form uh, discussions. But th- this will also be a, a bit of a discussion, but in, in a different vein, for sure. Uh, we're going to talk today about letting go and, and really walking away, whether that's for a temporary period of time or, or for a longer period of time. So uh, just a uh, heads up, this is going to be the last podcast you hear from us, at least for a little while, but we don't know how long. We, we haven't set aside a, a specific amount of time. It may be a, a couple weeks. It may be much longer than that. We, we'll, we'll figure that out, and we'll, we'll kind of talk about some reasons why that's necessary. But first, uh, Ryan, I'd like to read an essay that, we can, uh, that I wrote. It's from our book, uh, Essential, which is an essay collection of about 150 essays on simple living, intentionality. There's actually 12 different chapters uh, span everything from decluttering and minimalism to finances and passions and mindfulness and, and a bunch of other important areas of life. And, and this essay is called The Things We Are Prepared to Walk Away From. And I think it'll be a good springboard for a conversation uh, about why we're going to walk away from this, at least for a, a temporary period of time. What are you prepared to walk away from? This often unasked question shapes one of the most important principles in my life. We are all familiar with the age-old theoretical situation in which our home is burning and we must grab only the things that are most important to us. Of course, most of us would not dash into the inferno and reach for material things first. First, we'd ensure the safety of our loved ones and pets. Then, once they were safe, we'd grab only the irreplaceable things. Photo albums, computer hard drives, family heirlooms, etc. Everything else would be lost in the conflagration. I tend to look at this situation a tad differently, though, taking the hypothetical a bit further. There's a scene in the movie Heat in which Neil McCulley, Robert De Niro's character, says, quote, Allow nothing in your life that you cannot walk out on in 30 seconds flat. Although my life isn't exactly like Macaulay's. In fact, it's nothing like Macaulay's. He's the the bad guy in the movie. I share his sentiment. Almost everything I bring into my life, material possessions, ideas, habits, and even relationships, I must be able to walk away from at a moment's notice. Many of you will disagree with me because this ideology might sound crass or insensitive, but I'd like to posit that it is actually the opposite Our preparedness to walk away is the ultimate form of caring. If I purchase new possessions, I need to make certain I don't assign them too much meaning. Being able to walk away means I won't ever get too attached to my belongings, and being unattached to stuff 
makes our lives tremendously flexible and filled with opportunity. If I take on a new idea or habit, I do so because it has the potential to add value to my life. New ideas shape the future me. Same goes for new habits. Over time, my ideas change, improve, and expand, and my current habits get replaced by new habits that continue to help me grow. Our readiness to walk away from ideas or habits means we're willing to grow. We're willing to constantly pursue a better version of ourselves. If I bring a new relationship into my world, I know that I must earn their love, respect, and kindness. I also expect that they, too, are willing to walk away should I not provide the support and understanding they require. This means we must both work hard to contribute to the relationship. We must communicate and remain cognizant of each other's needs. And above all, we must care. These fundaments love, understanding, caring, communication, these fundaments build trust, which builds stronger relationships in the long run. It sounds paradoxical, but our willingness to walk away actually strengthens our bond with others. And the opposite stance, being chained by obligation to a relationship, is disingenuous, a false loyalty birthed from pious placation. There are obvious exceptions to this rule. There are certain things we cannot easily walk away from. A marriage, a business partnership, a job that pays the rent, a passion. The key is to have as few exceptions as possible. And naturally, even these exceptions aren't exceptions for everyone. Marriages often end, as do businesses. People get laid off, and passions change over time. Even though we might not be able to walk away from these things in, quote, 30 seconds flat, we can ultimately walk away when these situations no longer add value to our lives, or worse, when they drain value from our lives. Everything I allow into my life enters it deliberately. If my home was a flame, there's nothing I own that can't be replaced. All my photos are scanned, all my important files are backed up, and all my stuff has no real meaning. Similarly, I'm prepared to walk away from nearly anything, even our website, teaching my writing class, or even writing itself, if need be. Doing so safeguards my continued growth and improves my relationships with others, both of which contribute to a fulfilling life, a life of meaning. It was C.S. Lewis who, 50 years ago, eloquently said, don't let your happiness depend on something you may lose. In today's material world, a world of fear-fueled clinging, his words seem more apropos than ever. Are you breaking up with me? <laughs> <laughs> never that, Ryan. I would never walk away from you. No, actually, that, that's actually the cool thing is, is I would. And, and, sure. And, and that, that's really what that essay is about there is a willingness to, to walk away from anyone or anything strengthens a relationship because I know that if I stopped adding value to your life or you stopped adding value to mine or the dynamics change, we could work on that together as, as uh, the, the phrase I used in there was, was pious placation. Mm -hmm. And I can remember, and this is not to disparage my, my former spouse, who is a wonderful person, but in my marriage, there, there was much of that. Like we were there just because we were there. 
and I think it was it was you know, uh, Mark Twain who said something like, uh, "Wherever you go, there you are," or something. Mm-hmm. And, and I I kind of feel that that's that's what happens is is we we sort of go with the flow for a, a designated period of time, and that sounds great, like really chill, you know spiritual, oh, yeah, man, I'm just going to go with the flow. Well, the problem is eventually you end up at the rapids, and, right. and, and then you're in for a, a world of hurt. But if you're, if you're paddling against the flow, you're doing so deliberately, and so you know in which direction you are traveling. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's important to, to be cognizant of either. You can go with the flow as long as you know where it's taking you. Right. And, and then when it's no longer taking you where you need to go, then then be aware of that and be willing to stop what you're doing for a while and, and you so to continue that metaphor maybe it's about like getting off you know I was I was floating the river on my birthday a few weeks ago here in, in Missoula and um, when I was floating the river it, it, there were these little, like little tiny sand beaches you, you know about them because you you're on the river all the time um, and you can stop whenever you want right. and uh, well not whenever you want but just about whenever you want sometimes it's okay to just kind of stop. And, and and reorient yourself with with what's going on, and and so I, I wanted to talk with you today about some of this. So Ryan, you you know about this really well. I'm uh, I'm really good at working hard. Yeah, I am uh, what some people might uh, <laughs> refer to as a workaholic. Um, I think part of that has to do with just conditioning. Um, it, I condition myself to to see uh, achievement and status. Uh, in in the corporate world, and, and you get a lot of accolades for that, a lot of rewards. What what we've often called you know food pellets from the universe, right? It's like mm-hmm. you're you're that that rat that's running on the or the hamster on the wheel, basically, and and and, and or, or or even you know that I think of, I don't know if it was Pavlov or someone else that the scientists did the experiments where the rats would go up and hit the lever to get the food, right, mm-hmm. and. and we're, we're trained to do that. And, and the problem is the food that I was getting in that corporate world were these weird, you know, here's your president's club trophy. Right. And I remember when I was going through my whole decluttering thing, that was a hard thing for me to get rid of uh, was I had these, you know, a, a shelf of, of trophies and awards. And it's like, but th- these don't define who I am as a person. And, but I got there because of working 80 hours a week constantly, and I forsook a lot of other areas of my life. And the thing that minimalism has allowed me to do is it's allowed me to regain a lot of balance in my life. So in our first book, Minimalism, Live a Meaningful Life, we, we talked about the five higher order values, health, relationships, passion, growth, and contribution. And, and whenever we're on the road, you talk a lot about this, Ryan, about how you, you're only as, as strong as the weakest link there. Mm-hmm. And so you can have uh, uh, four of those that are just going great. Your relationships are awesome, and you feel like you're pursuing your passion. For me, that's writing, and you're doing it every day, and it's great, and it's just going really well most of the time, even though there are, there are speed bumps or whatever sometimes. But you're pursuing your passion. You feel like you're growing in all these new, awesome ways, and you feel like you're contributing to the world around you. But if you don't have your health, then then you don't have anything, right? You know, the the guy who's on his deathbed, but has all these other things, is still on his deathbed. Right. Or, or the richest man in the graveyard is still dead. And and so, for the last couple years, uh, that's been sort of my situation, and I've been less acutely aware of it, and I've just pushed through a, a lot of. A lot of things. So Ryan and I went on tour in, in 2014, 
and it was a crazy whirlwind tour, uh, 119 events, 100 cities, eight countries over the course of 10 months. I mean, every few days we were in a new city, we were on the road driving like crazy. It really screwed up my back, but it also gave me significant adrenal fatigue. I remember the, the December of that year, after everything was over, just coming back and being like in, in shock. And I talked about this as a metaphor in a previous podcast, uh, uh, the LA podcast, which was our last podcast that we posted. Um, it, it kind of felt like uh, those runaway trucks, when they finally stop and, and you just feel like you sit there shaking for a while, like that was a traumatic experience. Our, our tour manager called it PTSD, uh, post-traumatic tour, or, or, yeah, post-tour stress syndrome. And, and well, obviously it's, it's, I don't mean anything toward people who have true PTSD. It it is a form of that. They're, they're actually fairly similar. Uh, before we even had the term PTSD, we had the the term shell shocked and we wouldn't just apply that term to people who were shell shocked from war. There were other experiences, stock market crashes, but, but just other extreme experiences in life. And so for me, what I've learned very recently is our body doesn't differentiate between good stress and bad stress. Stress is, is stress. So there's happy stress. Being on tour for a year mm-hmm. was amazing experience. I mean, oh, my God, it transformed me. I still have so many great memories. Like I, I have so many things I go back to constantly when we were over in, in the U.K. or Australia or you know, driving through Mississippi and, and Oregon and everywhere else in, in this country – we, we were able to touch so many people and have this profound effect on, on a lot of people and get this sort of kinesthetic learning of hugging tens of thousands of, of people. And it was, it was an experience that definitely transformed my life. But afterward, I felt drained. And for the most of 2015, uh, which was last year, I was dealing with issues from that. My, my back got way worse because of all the sitting and travel that we had done. Uh, so I have a really bad back for those of you who have, have listened to past episodes. The, the weird thing is my health is both better than ever, but in some ways worse than ever because of this. So mm-hmm. when you become acutely aware of what's going on in your health, like my diet is better than it's ever been. My diet's better than 99 point some percent of the population in, in, in this country for sure. Uh, my exercise routine is better than the vast majority of, of Americans. And my overall awareness of health is way up there. But but I also am going through a lot in terms of adrenal fatigue right now. So we've gone on a couple tours. We, we've done a bunch of things since that, that 2014 tour. We did the word tasting tour last year. And we've done a lot of work uh, with a bunch of different charities and trying to contribute to the world and give, 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 give. We started this podcast with, you know, it's advertisement free, so it's not like we're, we're, we're you know, banking on, on this podcast. That's not all we do it. We do it because it's contributing to the world in a way. It's another medium through which we can communicate, just like our books have been and, and uh, our blog has been, which is free. There's been a bunch of different ways for us to communicate with the world this podcast. Has, has been one of those ways, and we're very fortunate enough that people are listening to it. But, but at the same time, I've experienced this, this fatigue that has, has gotten me to a point where I, I am, I'm aware that I need to go all the way in and truly address it, not just address symptoms, but, but go into you know, what, 
what the problem is, and I'm working with with three or four doctors right now to to try to figure out this adrenal fatigue and and try to figure out you know my hormone levels and you know, cortisol and testosterone and, and all of these different things. Also, I have extreme sensitivities and allergies that have popped up over the last few years and gotten much worse. And my my micro gut biome is way out of whack. Uh, because of likely because of some antibiotics that I took through my uh, in my late twenties and early thirties and developed a ton of allergies because of that and so again becoming very aware of these things but at the same time trying to figure out how do I get to the other side to where where I'm not just functionally healthy but I'm I'm the best version of myself and so that's why I want to put this on pause for for a bit. Uh, this podcast, because you and I have talked about this. I don't know if it was on air necessarily, but um, we're definitely better together when when we do this. Uh, to, when we do this podcast together, it's uh, you and I have both recorded one individual episode of a piece, and I remember feeling good about the one I recorded when I when I sat down with Sean, our our talented and fearless producer here. We uh, you were out of town, and I I just sat down and recorded a, a podcast. I felt great about it. And I listened back to it. I'm like, man, that was really missing a lot. And it's because it was missing, it was missing you and, and vice Aww. versa. Like I, I felt, I felt the same thing about yours too. Like your, <laughs> I did too. Y- y- yours was, it was missing the dynamic. Right. You know, it's not the minimalist. We're the minimalists. And, and uh, there are many ways that we help complement and also compensate for each other. Our personalities are, are vastly different. Um, in fact, I was, I was reading some stuff about personalities recently, Ryan, so uh, this would probably be a good thing to talk about. Uh, like I said, my personality, I'm an INTJ, uh, which means, I, and I'm a very high I, uh, a low N, uh, and, but a high T, high J as well. And you're an ENFP, mm-hmm. and you're actually high N. So we're almost exact opposites in terms of, person, in terms of personality. But, but when, when I... When I look at that personality, that personality lends itself to just doing heavy work, being analytical and sitting down and, and, and drudging through the drudgery, get, getting the problem solved, and uh, to the point where I will forsake other things if I don't force myself to. It would be easy for me to sit down for 14 hours a day and just write for the rest of my life. Well, it would be a pretty uh, uh, attenuated life if I did that, though, because I wouldn't be focused on health or relationships, and I'd end up like Howard Hughes, and, and none of us want that, and so being focused on the balance of life is really important, and, and you have a far more balanced life than I do because of that, uh, because your personality also lends itself to being being more balanced, but I also think that you, you focus more on, on that than I do. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to do, we, we have a couple obligations that are, that are coming up in, in the next few weeks. Uh, Ryan, you and I, we have a, a TEDx talk that we're doing in Fargo uh, right. on, well, it's, it's toward, toward the end of, of July. We're also doing, a, while we're there, we're going to do a, a tour stop in Fargo because we already have a plan. We've already yeah, have people committed to it. Mm-hmm. We're going to screen our film, uh, which is called Minimalism, uh, there before it comes out online. So we, we went on tour last month. We're not going to go on another tour for a while, but while we're in Fargo, we're going to have a, a single tour stop there. 
and uh, we're also going to record hopefully a live version of this podcast. We also have some some other podcasts banked. We've recorded other podcasts that we haven't published. We've also recorded some live podcasts that we that we have not published, uh, but we'll hopefully do one in Fargo on, uh, I believe it is July 19th. I think there are still some tickets available to that. You can find those at, at theminimalists.com slash tour, I believe. And, um, and then in August, I think it's August 10th, I made a mistake on our last podcast and said August 11th, but it's August 10th. We, uh, we're going to be in Orlando, and that was just because we wanted to find a way to help uh, the victims of this terrible terrorist shooting that happened. And while obviously we can't help in every scenario with our limited resources, it was one thing we wanted to do to try to try to give back. So we'll be down in Orlando. 100% of all the, the, the profits from that go to uh, the Victims Fund that, that we've connected with to to help out the, the still living victims. I mean, there, there are dozens of people who were injured in that who are still alive that we, we, we want to be able to help out in, in some way. And so you can help with that too. So that's August 10th, uh, 2016. Uh, in, in the middle of that, our documentary comes out online, uh, which uh, it'll be out. Uh, you just go to minimalismfilm.com. You can pre-order it, get a bunch of uh, bonus content there. All the folks at, at Spire Media and, and Dave, our director, have been hard working at, uh, at the content there. I've actually been really happy with that, Ryan. I don't know if... You yeah, know, it looks great. I mean, Leo, uh, we what I liked about it is it's like a less fleshed out version of our of our documentary. There well, it just, yeah, it just allows people to dive deeper in with, uh, with people's interviews and personalities and um, all the folks in our documentary, you just get to know them a little bit better. Personality is a, a great lot word. of it better, really. Yeah, well, the personality is a great word. I was watching the, so the the bonus interview with Leo, which I think was half hour. Or so, so Leo, about a father of six, husband, um, lives in California, uh, runs a website called ZenHabits.net. He w- he was one of the inspirations for us to, uh, to get into minimalism, but also to start to start a, a website and. And, and inspire other people through our own stories. And in, in the interview, he's just so honest. I mean, I think Leo's the coolest guy I've ever met. Like, I, I, I was talking to him on, on Skype uh, last week, and, or two weeks ago, rather. And, and uh, but in this bonus footage that I was, I was reviewing that, that, that um, uh, Matt put together, our director, I asked him a question about something. I don't even know what the question was because the answer was so profound it didn't matter what the question was. Uh, he said, I don't have a good answer to that question. Now, when you have an answer like that, and then he starts you know, sort of rambling at first and going on tangents, but that's, that, that to me, while you can't fit that into a lean 79-minute narrative, you know, a documentary that, that we're trying to, to boil down to its essence, those beautiful excerpts like that that didn't make the film really do bring out the personality in those people. And Mm -hmm. these people aren't gurus. They don't have all the answers. You and I don't have all the answers, nor do we pretend to. We have a recipe that's worked well for us, but even that recipe we're willing to tweak, we're willing to change. And so that essay that that I read at the opening, it's about walking away. And I wrote wrote about it initially with the intent of being willing to walk away from anything, you know, uh, you and I have, have both been married before and we walked away from, from those, whether, 
it was our, our own choice or not. Right. Uh, we, we had to move on, and we had to finally decide to move on. I walked away from a career. You were laid off fr- from a job, and, and we have to walk away from those things. Or you can sit and sulk in perpetuity and, mm-hmm. and not walk away, but it doesn't really, re- really do you any good. But what I want to talk to you about today a little bit, Ryan, is sometimes it's okay to walk away temporarily, you know, to, to find that, that little beach on the side of the, the, side of the river and, and say, okay, I, I need to get, get off of here for a minute so that I can focus on something else, so that, I, uh, so that I can regroup. So, yes, we'll come back and do this podcast. Maybe we'll do it with some irregularity. Well, hey, Ryan, would you like to sit down this month and do a podcast or something like that? Maybe we'll come back and do seven a week. I have no idea. I, I doubt that will happen. <laughs> but, but the thing I'm focused on first is making sure the trajectory of my health is, is radically improved. Mm-hmm. I just spent the last 10 days in, in California uh, with my partner, Becca, and it was a, an amazing experience because I... I basically didn't check email. I checked it a few times while I was there. I, I didn't focus on anything overly you know, strenuous or, or even anything too creative. And even my back exercises, I, I laid back on a bit because I've been doing three to four hours of, of back exercises every day because of my my uh, spondyl, spondylolysis and spondylolisthesis, which means I have a pinched nerve and my, my vertebrae is broken. Anyway, um, I've even backed off of that a little bit because I found that I was stressing myself out with that. And I'm still doing uh, a, a number of, of exercises to help with that. But I, I realized I needed to back off and figure out what are the fundamentals that work. And I removed myself also, also from some of the, the uh, chemicals. Chemical, I have a chemical sensitivity to certain things. I've noticed that with the apartment I've, I've moved to uh, last year. That, that I have some sensitivities to the, the floor sealant and, and potentially to some of the paint. And, and, and so it's, it's caused some cognitive issues in terms of having brain fog, but also some allergic reactions and, and immune deficiencies. Uh, my autoimmune system has been compromised for sure. But when I, when I was away for those 10 days, Ryan, I just got back yesterday, I, I felt better than I felt in a year and a half. And it was amazing seeing this this difference of like, oh my God, I'm alive again. Like, and you don't know it until you like walk away from it, right? right. It's like you don't know you're in the matrix till you step away from it or whatever. Or, or come up with a better analogy. I'm sure there is one, but you, you it's the the uh, the David Foster Wallace thing, right? The two fish or uh, two young fish are swimming in water, and oh, right. uh, <laughs> the, an, an older fish swims by them, and said, "Morning, boys. How's the water?" And and the one fish looks at the other fish and says, "What the hell is water?" And it's because that's all you're used to when when you're surrounded by it. But if you you get away from it for a while, you come back to it and you realize, "Oh, this is water." Mm-hmm. And and so I've become very aware of what's going on in my life, and and I want to be able to contribute as much as I can. And, and that's why I would recommend to people if you if you enjoy this podcast. Uh, there are this whole archive. There's 30 episodes now, over 30 hours of us having discussions on a bunch of different topics. Each episode generally has a a topic that we'll we'll digress on, but but it has a theme for the most part. So go back and listen to those. Check out the documentary. You can check out our blog, which has close to a thousand essays on it now. All the archives that are there. And you, you also can check out, you know, our books or anything else that we've done, you, you know, the TED Talk that we've done in the past, the one we have coming up. But 
besides the, the, the few commitments I just mentioned, the documentary coming out, Fargo and Orlando, I'm pulling everything off of my plate. And, and you know, we even talked about pulling those off the plate. We, we pulled a bunch of other things, and I've said no to, to dozens of interviews at this point. And it's not because I don't want to do those things. I would love to do those things, but I don't have the full capacity to do those things right now. And so, Ryan, you've been kind to, to take over a lot of that stuff and, and, and the planning for our TEDx talk and also a lot of the interviews and stuff that, that's been going on. So, I mean, at, at this point, I, I would love to talk to you about about what walking away means, and then what walking back to this means um, for for us, for the minimalists. Because to me, this isn't a, a a negative thing. This is this is a positive thing. Being able to walk away so I can walk back to it with full intention. Yeah. Well, I mean, going back to the uh, you know right at the beginning of the podcast where you were talking about. Um, you know, I was joking around, I'm like, oh, are you are, are you breaking up with me? And you were like, oh, I never walk away from you. But you're like, but no, seriously, I I I am totally prepared to walk away from you. Sure. Um, no, I think that it is important to have that attitude towards towards anything in my life. Like, it's uh, I'm not going to name like the family member because I don't want to like call anyone out on the podcast. But sure. I, I had a family member who was like, they were just being really egregious and. And I just looked at them and I was like, you know, my friends, they don't treat me this way. Mm. And my family member was like, friends, we're family. We're more than friends. Mm. And like, you know, started like kind of coming at me like that. And I'm like, right, I agree with you. Family is more than friends. And my friends don't treat me this way. Yes. So isn't it even more important that you and I get along uh, rather than, you know, create this, this, uh, this hostility between us? And, uh, th- that is where I think relationships or, or activities like this podcast or writing or whatever it may be, anything in our lives that we have an obligation towards, it's really, oh, it's just really dangerous. If we're, if we're doing things strictly out of obligation now, we are obliged to what, like follow, you know, the, the, the speeding laws. We're obliged to you know, treat but, treat one another with respect. I mean, there are things that we are obligated to do. Don't get me wrong, but but only only in certain contexts, right? Like sure. if you own you know your own ranch in Montana, you can drive 140 miles an hour yeah. on your own private driveway. Yeah. But, but we we we've essentially signed a social contract to say if we're going to drive on the public roads, we're going to do. Yeah, right. we're, we're going to do that. So there are even, like, like I said in the essay, there are even exceptions to the things we think there aren't exceptions for. Yeah. So I, I guess maybe a better way said is the things that we're obliged to in life, you know, I think that anytime we find ourselves uh, just feeling a, a, a severe amount of disdain towards something that we're obligated to, we really need to take a look at that. And ask ourselves, are we actually obligated to this? Who, why are we obligated to this? So in, 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 in your case, Josh, uh, you know, we're obligated to these podcasts. I mean, sure. we, we started doing this. this. is something we're committed to. This is something that we want to put out on a regular basis. Just like any of our other works, we're very consistent. We have really high quality with it. So we are, you know, for all intents and purposes, obligated to this podcast. Yeah. And, and this is something that you're looking at and saying, man... Uh, I'm obligated to this podcast, but I'm only obligated because I am uh, making myself feel obligated to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, it really, you know, what stood out to me, man, was 
you and I, we, we were with Rob Bell last year. We went to one of his two-day events, and he said something to you that has just stuck with me ever since that. You, you were asking about um, the, the pressure you feel from certain obligations, basically. That's not the word you use, but he just looked at you in, in, in a very parable kind of way. It just said, you were looking for this long, profound, you know, uh, exploratory explanation that for him to you know, give you a dissertation for five minutes because you wanted the how-to steps. And he just looked at you and said, everything you're carrying, you picked up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I mean, I felt it like down to my bone marrow when, when he said that. And it's so true. Like, but, but here's, here's the, the, the obverse of that, Ryan, is some of my, my best times, uh, the, some of the things I enjoy most are when we are recording this podcast and it's going really well. I think of uh, the last two in-studio podcasts we recorded. Uh, we did the Passion One and the Debt Podcast, two of my favorites. Uh, and I remember walking out of both of those feeling euphoric. It was going so well. The same euphoria that I get from writing. And I generally don't get that from anything else besides sex. And, and so, so you have the, this ex- creative experience. When it's going really well, it's awesome. It doesn't go well most of the time. I mean, most people don't know this, but when we record a podcast, it doesn't always get published because we'll get to the end of it and we're like, ah, oh, I just wasn't feeling that. Or we'll listen to it a day or so later and say, oh, man, like, that, I didn't like that. Sometimes it'll be in the middle of podcast. I'll just look up at you and say, I'm incoherent right now. We have to stop. And and we'll we'll stop recording it. And and so that part is really stressful to me. So so I think that you have to have that that stress to get to those creative high points, that euphoria. I don't think you can have one without the other. It can't be all great creative flow state all the time. The problem with that for me right now is that stress adds to my my fatigue. And as I said earlier, the body, which I've learned very recently from some of the doctors and nutritionists and, and different people I'm, I'm working with, with, I'm doing blood tests and stool tests and urine tests and all these gross things that, that I won't go into detail on. But I've learned that the body, it does not differentiate. You can be in, in really crazy negative high-stress situations. Back when we were working in retail, Ryan, and we were working at Black Friday, it was stressful and not the good kind of stress. You didn't look forward to Black Friday. But you do look forward to going on tour and getting out there and spreading and sharing this message we really believe in. But your body, your adrenals, your hormones, your health doesn't differentiate between the two. And I... You know, it took me 35 years to sort of realize that. And, and now I'm at a point where I'm, I, I want to keep doing this podcast. It's absolutely something that I, I, I plan on coming back to because I feel like we're finally starting to get somewhere with it. And it feels good to be able to, to put this out there in the world and, and have these conversations with you and, and answer people's questions as well. I, I think we, 
we definitely don't have all the answers, but we have 12 really good answers that we can keep giving over and over and try to reword them appropriately. But but in all seriousness, like I, I feel good about some of the conversations we have. And I mean, you and I have always had some great conversations, and I feel like the podcast is just an extension of that, being able to sit down and turn some microphones on and and have these conversations that other people can find benefit from as well. Yeah, uh, even though something like this does add a tremendous amount of value. And going back to what I was saying about, you know, that family member, that family member, um, that relationship with that particular family member, uh, it adds a lot of value. Like, I love that family member to death. I would do anything for that family member except uh, continue to associate with them um, out of obligation, even when that relationship was literally, well, not literally, but you, I guess figuratively, <laughs> tearing me down. Yeah, well, it, 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 that, that's the, the, like I said in, in the essay, that kind of obligation is disingenuous, right? Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I think we're, we're pretending. We're, we're, we are pretending to, to keep going, status quo, everything is okay, when it's not necessarily okay. And, and that's what I wanted to bring up today. Yeah, I mean, when, we're, when, we are, when we have relationships in our lives or if we have activities in our lives that are ultimately tearing us down, um, those are things that we should be prepared to walk away from. Um, and, and, well, going back to we should be prepared to walking away from everything, I mean, I, even Mariah, like if Mariah started, I don't know, I'm not going to like throw out some crazy example, but um, there are some things I'm sure she could do where I would be like, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, if she started beating you. Sure. Right. She started beating me. Like, there's a point where I'm going to be like, okay, um, this is a habit that now you're taking. Like, I have to walk away from this because sure. it's, it's tearing me down. No matter how much I love you, I've got to walk away from this. And and it is okay. And uh, you know, t- to your uh, to your uh, point earlier, you were talking about walking back. And maybe she goes and like, you know, gets some counseling and like she gets better. And then I choose to walk back. That's perfectly okay. In this situation, we're talking about your health. And, and, and what I love about like kind of how we're approaching this is it's not a, you know, we're not putting a time limit on it. It's not like, okay, well, uh, we're going to, um, just kind of lay back, uh, lay off the podcast for a little bit, um, two months, because that's when Josh will have all the tests and get his tests back. And who knows, uh, maybe you will be fixed in two months, but that's not a guarantee. And, uh, we, we, walking away from this obligation, we don't want to, um, as we're walking away, still keep it as an obligation. Because if we were sit- right. to sit here and tell our audience, like, hey, we'll be back in two months or we'll be back in two weeks or whatever the time frame is, well, now we're obligated to come back. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I, I, what I also like about that is without that obligation, I may call you up one day a week or two from now and say, hey, man, I really want to record a podcast about this. And we're not obligated to do it now. Like I, We don't have to come in here every Monday or whenever we do it mm-hmm. and say, okay, we're ready to record our podcast. Here's our voicemails. Here, here's whatever. I do, en- again, I enjoy that format. Mm-hmm. And in a regular course of, of health, I wouldn't have, I would have no problem doing it. I would prefer to do it that way. It's regimented. It's organized. It fits my personality really well. But but being untethered from, from that obligation mm-hmm allows us the, the opportunity to sort of do what Sam Harris does with his podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts. I, I, I donate money to it uh, frequently because 
he he also he actually stopped doing advertisements. I wonder who he got that idea from. <laughs> um, very recently, he, he stopped doing advertisements, and and now you can just like uh, donate to his podcast. Like you can at ours. Um, but uh, <laughs> just go to the minimalists.com slash donate. <laughs> uh, no, no um, but what I like about Sam Harris is I was listening to his podcast this morning when I was doing my back exercises. And, and um, I, he just puts out a podcast whenever he feels inclined to do so. He put out two this week. Sometimes he'll go a month without putting one out, sometimes close to two months without putting mm-hmm. a podcast out. And then he'll put out two in a week. And, and it's just because sometimes they're topical. He says, I want to talk about, about you know, the, the presidential election and uh, so the Orlando attacks or whatever. Or I want to have this scientist on and talk about free will. And it's whenever he feels inclined to do so. But it doesn't have that, that obligatory, I have to publish something every Tuesday. Otherwise, you know, the people who are expecting it, it's let, it, I guess that word expectation, it's, it's letting go of expectations in a way mm-hmm. and not allowing others' expectations to shape or frame what you're trying to create as well. And again, we've everything that we picked up, or everything that we're carrying we picked up, also, all the expectations we that are out there, we've, we've created them to, to many extent, or people have manufactured them on their own. And and, and while we've published basically you know, a podcast every week for the last 30 or so weeks, we don't have to you know, f- continue to fill that same expectation. We could do more. We could do less. We could do none. It, it's up to us to, to continue to decide what is right for us. And Ideally, that'll change over time, and that w- that change will allow us to to grow uh, over time. Yeah. So you know, if there's anyone out there right now who has an obligation that they just absolutely loathe, you know, I I would I would challenge you to look at that obligation and ask yourself, why am I obligated to this? Now, someone listening to this is going to say, well, I'm obligated because my boss wants me to do it, and I gotta you know I gotta do this for him and. Uh, uh, if, if I don't, then I get fired and then I can't pay my bills. And you know what? If someone in that situation, uh, then yeah, uh, I would say that you are obligated to, to your boss, but you know, you're not necessarily obligated to your, uh, to your job, meaning that you, you could certainly, uh, explore other opportunities and other areas. So you don't have to, um, continue, uh, living up to someone else's obligations. I mean, even if, even if let's say, um, and I'm just throwing out an example here, you know, I mean, this, this isn't going to be apt for everyone, but you know, like I'm looking at my situation where I was in the corporate world working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. And my whole thing was like, I'm going to pay off all my debt. I'm going to become debt free. And then I'm going to be a barista and I'm going to like have an apartment because in Ohio, or that's really cheap because in Ohio you can get an apartment for you know, four, I think I was paying four twenty five a month. Sure. Yeah, for, Dayton, Ohio was oh my second God, most was affordable country or, uh, <clears throat> it was like, city in the country. And it was a it was a uh, one and a half bathroom, two bedroom, so or uh, two bathroom, one and a half bedroom, two bathrooms, um, for like four twenty five or four. I think other way around, four fifty a month. No, it really was one and a half bedrooms and two bathrooms. <laughs> what is that? Well, I guess mean? it would be one and a half bathrooms because yeah, the one bathroom downstairs didn't have a shower in it, so it was one and a half bathrooms, one and a half bedrooms. It was like an office, like I uh, couldn't fit a queen bed in there. It would be like a twin bed, and there'd be like a kid's bedroom or gotcha. something. So anyway, <laughs> you're right. It would be one and a half bathrooms there. <laughs> Regardless, what I'm saying is, is that someone who is in that situation right now, where 
they they are feeling obligated to something that uh, you know if they walk away from them they can't pay their bills. Well, uh, you know, try to find something else, even if it pays a little bit less. Like, like so, I started off with a question. Like, okay, um, I I don't think I because I didn't uh, have a degree at the time. I was like, you know, I didn't think I could leave and make you know well into six figures somewhere else just starting out. Um, so the, my question wasn't like, or the, the solution wasn't, well, I can't, you know, make more than six figures anywhere else. So I'm going to stay here and, and continue to hate this. My solution was, all right, well, how can I live off of less? How can I, how can I free up some of this time? How can I reclaim some of my time and, uh, and still live a, a meaningful life? Giving up one resource for another in, in many right. ways, right? Yeah, ex- exactly. Exactly. So, so, I mean, there are, there are ways to, to get away from these uh, obligations that that are that are just tearing us down on a daily basis, and it, sometimes it's it, it would take a uh, sometimes it takes a unique idea, um, and quite often every time uh, it will it will it will take a lot of uh, uh, bravery <laughs> to walk away from something. Yeah, it's I was listening to uh, Sam Harris talk about bravery recently, Ryan, and he was talking about how. Bravery is sort of the one thing that that can't be faked because even if you fake it, you are by definition being brave. So right. go ahead and fake that bravery because that that's all that bravery or courage or whatever you want to call it takes is that willingness to actually make that change right. a, a, in the face of adversity. So even if you're faking courage, it's actually courageous to do so. And and, and so there there is not a distinction. And and yes, I, I agree with Ryan. You may not be able to walk away from everything and, and quote, 30 seconds flat. While that's the ideal vision, and that's a great place to, to get to, uh, or, or actually not even to get to, a great place to which to, re- to aspire is to be able to walk away from, from anything in 30 seconds flat. It's still the willingness to walk away from something if it's no longer in line with your values, which for me, one of my values is health. Mm-hmm. And like I said early on, I, my health is both better and worse than it's ever been. Well, it's, yeah, it's not like it's not that the podcast, this podcast doesn't align with your values as much as the value that this podcast adds, it does not, it does not compensate for what it's doing uh, to your health. And it's not just this podcast. Um, I mean, it's, it's all of the work um, that, that we have taken on over the last two or three years. Sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, even though you may be doing one thing, so there's, you know, maybe someone out there who is, you know, busting their, their, their chops to, or busting their humps. I don't know what the idiom is, but (laughs) they're working really hard Uh (laughs) every week. Maybe they're like donating time every single evening to an orphanage or something. But at the end of the day, like they're coming home, they're very, very tired. They're not getting enough sleep for work the next day. They're not paying attention to their, to their family who really, uh, needs their attention, even though they're doing this amazing thing, uh, it's taking away from a lot of other areas uh, in their life. And and as again, you said earlier in the beginning of the podcast, like our values are well. The first one we mentioned is health. Yes, and and there's a reason that that's first, right? And 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 so you know, looking at what we're doing now, uh, it's great. There are millions of people who are who are uh, getting a benefit from this. I mean, we are adding value. Like I never even imagine we would be adding like we you know like i'd never would imagine we'd be adding value before and and uh that's great but your health is suffering 
And that has to be priority number one right now. Right, because if I don't have anything to give, I can't continue to give. And, right. and that's when I, when I say it doesn't align with values, I mean in, in the present moment because it doesn't allow me to, to, to focus on, on my health. And, and that's, that has to come first right now so that I can serve all other areas of my life because, you know, I've, I've become depleted. And I haven't intentionally forsook my health. In fact, I've been very focused on my health. My diet is phenomenal. My exercise routine is great. I, I you know, I, I weigh 80 pounds less than I did at, at my, my pinnacle of, you know, I weigh 240 pounds at one, at one point. And, and I was just unhealthy. I ate like crap. I, I didn't exercise. I was very sedentary and I don't have that same lifestyle now, but, but now as I'm getting older, and it's weird to say that, but you know, I'm 35 now, so I'm not an old man, uh, by, by any stretch, but I, I'm, I've become more aware of the sensitivities and, and the subtle changes that, that I need to be more focused on. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yes, I'm going to focus on that for a, a, uh, period of time and, and, and ideally in perpetuity, but once I have it turned around, then it's easier to focus on. It's like anything else in life. Once you've built a habit and fixed something, it's easier to, to maintain. But right now I'm, I am in the, the fixing process. But I think you brought up a really good point just a moment ago. It's not just the podcast. It's everything else that, that we have done. And yeah, we, this is one thing we're taking off our plates. Right. And, and so you can and, focus on your health. And many other things that, that we're also taking off uh, uh, of our plates. Within the last year or so, uh, Jessica has been helping us with social media, which has been great. You know, you and I are still pretty active on, on social media, Twitter and Facebook, and we still respond to people's comments and stuff like that. But she helps engage people in a different way. She finds great articles to post onto our Facebook page and gets people involved there. She gets people involved at minimalist.org, which we have those uh, free local meetup groups. And so she's been able to help take that off of, off of our plate. Uh, Sean does a lot of the operational stuff uh, in addition to our podcast that helps the, the minimalists be this uh, well-oiled machine that, that helps a lot of people in, in a bunch of different ways. And so what we're, what we're doing now is we're looking at, okay, what are the things that we can take off of our plate and, and you know, to use the, an overused term, get back to basics. And, and for me, the basics right now are, are just health. And then how do I layer in the other stuff? Well, once once that, that is, is fixed, we come back and say, okay, what does the podcast look like at this point? What is uh, what other creative projects? You and I have talked about this on the podcast before, and certainly at our events, but we tend to focus on one big project a year. So this year it's getting the documentary out into the world uh, the theatrical release was, I mean, oh my God, how much work did we put into that theatrical release? We, mm-hmm. we spent the last uh, almost year, really, but especially the last six months, heavily uh, focused and working with uh, the team over at Gather and, and everyone there and a ton of theaters and, and, and movie captains and all of these different people to, to get this film out to to the masses out, out into theaters and that was a lot of work and of course writing for for the blog and of course writing for me which is a daily habit of mine that that I, I want to continue to focus on but I'm also setting that aside so we're setting a lot of things aside so that we can come back and deliberately add those things back in one by one mm-hmm. I, I think of uh, on our last uh, on the on the debt podcast we talked very briefly about the need want like list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean, if you can put that in the notes, it's just, uh, the minimalist.com slash want. 
But when Ryan and I were both going through the process of how can I live off of less? How can I untether myself from this opulent lifestyle, which didn't even seem opulent at the time. It, It was just like, you add one thing and one new bill and one new this, one new that, and all of a sudden you're at this place 10 years later and you're like, oh my goodness, how did I get here? Well, it was one brick at a time. And and so what we did is we came up with this need, want, like list, which basically means there are certain things we, we have in our life that we like, and, and I got rid of all of those likes they were, they were, that were costing me money at the time, but this could be applicable to things that don't cost money as well. You know, things like satellite radio that were costing me money. But what are all your likes in your life? Month two, I got rid of all of all of my wants. So things that, that added value to my life, but like this, like this podcast would be an example of something that certainly adds value to my life. I enjoy it. Writing adds immense value to my life. Really want to do it. Yeah, really want to do it, uh, but it's not an absolute need, not an absolute must. And then uh, the needs was the third category. And I even realized that I could reduce my needs by 50%. I moved into a smaller apartment. I cut back on gas and food and, and all, all, all these other areas in a very deliberate way. You know, sort of using the, those first two were using a chainsaw. And then I got down to the scalpel level with, with the needs list. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about that is once you get down to what you absolutely need, what is essential, then you can add those wants back in. But you do so very deliberately. You realize those things that you once wanted aren't the things that you still want going mm-hmm. forward because the past does not equal the future. And, and so I was able to bring those wants back into my life slowly but in a deliberate way, asking that question, does this add value to my life? And in many cases, the answer was yes but in a different way. Uh, a good example would be the cell phone. When I got rid of my cell phone for a couple months, I brought it back into my life, but I used it differently. No more Facebook and no more email on my phone, but I use it to send text messages or, or for GPS and music and podcasts. And, and I think the same could be true for this podcast. Is you know, It's evolved a lot over the last 30 episodes, but it will evolve even more going forward, however we choose to bring it back in into our lives. Uh, and it could be that we we do more conversations just like this, or it could mean that we do it more f- infrequently. It, it could mean a whole host of things. The question is, what adds value to our lives allows us to contribute to other people as well. And and if we're if we're asking those questions, you know, we're being deliberate, we're being rigorous with those questions. We're gonna get, gonna get a lot more benefit in the long run than just being tied to any project through. Uh, perpetual obligation. I think that's probably a good place to to wrap to up. Wrap here. it up, yeah. We'll we'll be back eventually, uh, and like I said, we'll, we'll probably we have some we have some uh, good uh, podcasts recorded that we could probably pepper into the feed occasionally. Uh, we we may or may not do that soon. Be on the lookout for our documentary. You can find that over at, at minimalismfilm.com. And I think we have some responses as well, Sean, from some of our, our, our past episodes. We asked people to call in. And, and if you have a response even to, to this episode, you're welcome to, to call in as well. It's 406-219-7839. Let's listen to some of our, our listeners and feedback from Passion and Debt or, or whatever other podcasts we have, we have some feedback on. Hi, guys. This is Kristen from Charleston, South Carolina. 
I just wanted to say that um, it was never my intention for my family to follow what I do and, you know, to try and become minimalist themselves. Um, I just wanted to do it for myself. But when they saw the positive effects that it had on my life, um, and they just really wanted that for themselves and the positive energy that was coming from me and how it had changed my life made them want to change. And my husband is completely on board now. I never even had to tell him to do it. Even now my mom and my dad, who, you know, I don't even live with them, have been hearing about my story and they are wanting to do it too. Um, so a lot of your followers ask questions about how to get their family members to minimize like them. And I really think it's all about living by example. Um, you can never tell anyone to make changes such as, you know, you can't tell someone that they need to lose weight. Um, they have to want to be able to do it for themselves. Hello, this is Spencer calling from the Bronx. Um, I wanted to uh, leave a comment to you guys about uh, setting up triggers. I know you had talked about setting up triggers in your um, in a previous podcast where you talked about it makes like Ryan, uh, Josh has his walking down the stairs, seeing the pull-up bar. Um, one thing that I've tried to do more and more in my life um, is remove the amount of time that I spend wasting time on my cell phone where I would just kind of check something. Um, and it's not productive time spent. It's mostly distracted time spent. And so one thing I've done is I uh, when any anytime I reach for my cell phone, I try and set up another kind of trigger. So, for example, a lot of times I will uh, boil water to make tea or coffee in the morning. And instead of reaching for my cell phone there, I'll think, oh, I'm here. I have this moment. And I'll do some sort of really simple exercise that I can do, which gets in, you know, improves my health makes me feel like I'm being more productive, and it's just a time waster. So, for example, instead of checking my cell phone, I'll just start doing squats until the tea, the tea water is ready. And I try and set up these little triggers everywhere in my life where I would normally be setting, checking my cell phone, and instead try and do some sort of physical activity. And obviously in public, that can look a little strange if you're, like, you know, waiting for the subway train and all of a sudden you're doing squats, so you might not want to do that. But uh, setting up these little triggers and figuring out what works best for you. And I found that that's really helped me to check my phone less, which is a lot less wasted time on the phone. And it's going to just, like, I notice that, like, I feel like I'm using my muscles more. Like, when I do those exercises again, they feel a little sore. And this is something that I've just started doing, but I'm really pumped to, like, see how it goes. Hey, Joshua and Ryan, this is Corbin from Austin, Texas, and I wanted to share how you guys have inspired me to stop asking what do you do types of questions and ask more what are you passionate about kinds of questions. As a college student, the number one thing you're asked and are asked when meeting someone new is, what's your major? And through my experience, this is often a question to compare yourself with whom you're talking to. Uh, the liberal arts majors shy away from the question, while business majors and engineering majors uh, often can't wait to tell you what they study. So what I've learned from all this, though, is that it doesn't really matter most of the time, and most people end up in careers that are completely different from what they studied in college. Um, and like you guys have said, the better thing to ask is, what are you passionate about? Because this is much less of a comparing kind of question, because people are more excited to talk about what they love, and this leads you to better understand them as a whole person rather than just their title or their degree that they got. All right, folks, that's it for today, and, and that is it for a while at this point. We will we'll see you on the flip side whenever that is, and if you walk away from this with just one message, 
We hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Every little thing that you gotta have Every little thing that you gotta have You gotta reach for And you gotta grab Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it So tear your eyes away Or tear